0: Welcome to the Data-Driven Supply Chain podcast. We have a very exciting guest today, Mr. Rami Musa, CEO of FTX. I'm actually particularly thrilled because every time I hear about a company innovating in the EV space and making it more accessible, especially here in Canada, it makes me very proud. Um, uh, So we'll start with Rami. Why don't you introduce a bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about FTX?
1: Sure. So uh, well, I'm Rami. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders at FTEX. Um, my, my background is actually in um, political sciences academically, but I worked most of my life as a as a web developer, a full stack web de- developer. Um, so I, I had a passion for, uh, for hardware. Uh, I built my first 3D printer while I was living in San Francisco six, seven years ago and um since then i haven't looked back i, I started with building drones and um, i started my first company as a tristar multicopters. i still have a t-shirt right here um building building giant uh industrial drones um with a focus on super long flight time so this is how actually aptech started um, it was a terrible market to get into uh into drones uh, but we developed an innovative uh, inverter for uh, or motor controller for for drone uh, motors that allowed us to fly more efficiently to uh, to use up less electricity per per uh, um, power output out of our uh, out of our motors and give us an extra 5 10 percent of flight time. Um, when we discovered that the drone market was a terrible market uh, to get into, mostly because it was dominated by huge Chinese companies um we we pivoted towards light evs and uh changed the company name from tristar to ftex um, we adapted the team the product um the offering and uh and ftex was was born
0: wow sounds uh sounds exciting and sounds like you guys had a had a bumpy ride to get get where you are today uh, especially uh i guess in the ev space it's it's I think they say it's never smooth. It always has a few roadblocks in the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. so when you work with power electronics, there's typically a lot of fires, a lot of explosions, a lot of smoke. Uh, we We went through all of that to develop our product. Uh, we We use gallium nitride transistors um, for our inverters. um they're they're particularly tricky uh, power transistors to work with but um, they're they're more efficient, Uh, they have lower resistance, they switch a lot faster, which gives us so many new options um, when it comes to designing our motor control algorithms to output power more efficiently. And something that we're super proud about in our latest test versus one of our Chinese competitors that we're able to accelerate from zero kilometers an hour, so like a zero speed start, uh, we're able to do it seven times more efficiently um, in terms of uh, converting electrical power into mechanical power. And overall, in in like a cruise state, so like a steady speed state, um, we were about seven and a half to 10% more efficient than our competitors, uh, which overall means for the user, uh, better performance, um, still within within the regulations, we give them better performance, more power, um, and we give them more range. So they can either have a smaller battery and a lighter bike that's less expensive, um, or they can have the same size battery and a heavier bike, but they can go 10, 15% longer on that same charge.
0: Awesome. Um, so I want to dig a bit deeper into the whole productization of of what you guys are building. So walk us through a bit of like, what did the first few steps of creating a product like yours look like what are some of the things to consider for anyone who's sort of like looking to innovate um in 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 that field
1: yeah so so the product really it started off as a as a basic like inverter so just turning an electric motor um we we thought that you know the innovation that we had built in uh, the technology that we had built was something that that was a product that people want I think something you realized early on is that a product is more than just a technology. It has to solve a problem, a real problem uh, for real users, real manufacturers in our case. Um, So when we we showed the inverter to uh, some of our first clients, they were very happy with performance. They were happy with the size factor since GAN is significantly more power dense. So we're actually smaller and deliver more power, Um, but when they talked about the product that they wanted it included more features above it so um you know what we thought would be like a one-year development and then we start manufacturing an inverter turned into a two two and a half year project um as we work on adding safety features uh, integrating with all the peripherals on the bike um developing um algorithm uh, not algorithm but um communication protocols that that work with their other with the other parts of their product. so it went from you know a technological solution to really a full-blown product that we're uh, we're offering to users today.
2: That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, one thing that uh, I see in your case is that uh, it's not like you're innovating within a set framework. That like you have something and then you innovate onto something else and then you bring that to market. That's the thing that you're bringing to market. It's literally the innovation. Um, in this case, how do you how do you navigate? Let's say, like you said, the feature set changed. Um, there's the whole dynamic with the, the uh, building your supply uh, supply chain that needs to change. Um, how did you navigate this? Uh, I'm bringing this innovation to the market um, while trying to make a sustainable business. Like, uh, what's the? How did
1: this look like uh, for you? Um, it's a lot of client calls, it's a lot of uh, user research to figure out what are the things that need to be included into our product. So we had developed an inverter and just like a, uh, a compute board to control that inverter. Um, it turned into basically an inverter and on top of it, we had a full vehicle management system. Um, to to do this, we had to work very, very closely with our with our suppliers and distributors um to to make sure that you know the things that we wanted to add were cost effective made sense were reliable the lead times were okay uh the, the components were available so it, it was um it was a lot of work with a lot of different stakeholders and a lot of different suppliers and distributors and we had to work with both of them at the same time uh to make sure that we didn't invent something that was not manufacturable
2: yeah, and coming from a, um, a software uh, background where the cycle is is faster, um, it's it's completely different. Like in hardware, you can't just like half bake it and then send it over and test the user base like that. It's still like that, that's not gonna happen,
1: right? Uh, yeah, no, you you can't do that. Um, you can't have failures um so when somebody's buying a 3 4 5000 dollar bike um you can't just have a failure and like they'll call you can you fix this for me um you know that bike could be on the other side of the world um depending on where it was shipped um a failure could mean that we could burn down a house as well you know it's so we have to be a lot more careful uh, typically like the cycles re- require several weeks maybe a month to two months of carefully selecting components this is where we work with uh, suppliers and distributors. Um, it would take maybe a month to design a new revision, another month to assemble it, um, and uh, and test it out on an actual bike, and then maybe a few more weeks until we find a bike and install it and have a have a user testing the, the final product. So, typically, our cycles are you know we have a cycle per quarter or even less.
0: Cool. Um... So, yeah, you touched on being uh, being careful and we have a couple of engineers in our following. When is a good time, Rami, to start thinking about supply chain and supplier, especially for people coming with an engineering background? They're more focused on sort of like innovating, building something which already is quite taxing as a task on its own. Um, but when, based on your experience, when would you say is the best time to start thinking about supply chain and and and, and that aspect of of the business?
1: I, I think it needs to be included from day one. Um, you know, sometimes you you'll think that you have a a great a great innovation, a great product that you want to build and bring to market. Um, and you might be building this on a technology stack that doesn't make sense at all and components that don't make sense at all that cost a fortune or that are not available in the, in volume or the lead times are too long. Uh, you know, we learned this the hard way. We had to build a hardware company in the middle of COVID uh, with supply chain in a complete meltdown, components that were widely available that just disappeared off the market. So it was impossible for us to actually design anything without... Talking to our suppliers first and making sure that they can uh, guarantee certain prices, certain lead times, and a certain le- uh, um, quality uh, and feature set for these products. Uh, you know, we have to think about MCUs, for example, microcontrollers. Um, you know, they might be available in 100 pin, they might not be available in 48 pins. You know, and that means that we're going to have more or less features depending on what they can deliver to us. Uh, if we develop just with whatever is available on DigiKey, you know what we can order quickly for prototyping. Uh, by the time we get to manufacturing, uh, you're going to figure out that it's going to take you 12 to 24 months before you can actually get first units on the road, and in that time, you're dead. Oh,
2: <laughs> right. Uh, I thought we had we had it hard in the <laughs> in the metal manufacturing space. Uh, because yeah, we we've been discussing with uh, with suppliers and stuff, and uh, I've been visiting uh, um, their facility. And in um, in metal manufacturing, it's pretty rough. But every time I hear someone working like uh, with uh, electrical component, it's like uh, uh, ten times worse, right? Um, uh, how how do you um, how do you make sure you you stay on top of things with like all of the disruption? Uh, going on like how do you manage uh uh, like clearing up this fire and then looking at the next one that's coming um in your uh, later operation
1: so um for in our industry in electronics like you need to work very closely with distributors so um distributors will will do for electronics what what maybe Axia is doing for like mechanical uh, components they'll deal with the suppliers Uh, they'll bring us uh, a selection of suppliers that we can choose from Um, but it's very manual so it's it's uh, people at the distributor that are making phone calls uh, that are you know talking to their connections and different uh, different suppliers so you know we can have some components, but you might be able to have six, seven, eight different suppliers, and it's interchangeable. Uh, some of them it's not interchangeable, so you have to select that supplier very carefully. You can't do this without that insider information that your distributor has. Um, you know, maybe uh, they'll know that uh, their factories have extra um, extra capacity, you know, or they're at full capacity and they're late on everything. So maybe that's not the supplier you should uh, you should choose. Uh, so we we can't we can't stay away like we can't we can't develop a product without having those distributors here we have future electronic that we work with for example they're in our office every week uh this is the kind of relationship that you need to have uh with them in order to to successfully bring a product to market yeah, that's
2: that's fantastic and uh, just to add on that like uh, this is one of the things that i've heard again and again in the um uh, uh when there is a high uh, variability in the, in the in the market and the supply chain is like uh, uh a high risk of breaking up the best thing you can do is just like lean on the relationship that you built in the past with your supplier and if you have none and if everything you did was always transactional um this is where it hurt the most it's when you don't have this relationship going on and you can't get squeezed in uh, when you need the the most cool
1: yeah, we, we've seen that, by the way, many, many times where we're, we're looking for a component and, uh, you know, we can't find it anywhere. Everyone's selling this; It's sold out. But we have a relationship with the supplier and we call them directly and they'll make something available for us. You know, even if it's in small numbers, they'll still help us move a couple of hundred products rather than zero. Um, and it'll trickle in, but it's better than nothing. You, you can't operate without a, a good relationships, personal relationship with your suppliers.
0: Oh, um, yeah, that, that definitely makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. I so mean, just sort of like bouncing on that idea about like making that relationship with suppliers for someone who is against in this innovative field, creating a product that has never or that 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 barely others have tried to create. What would be like the top three things a new innovative product company should look for in suppliers uh, when choosing them? And yeah, and, 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 I, and I guess I understand like for components, it's different for each of the uh, of the uh, of the component that you're trying to get would be different. But what would be like the generic top two, three things that uh, those companies should look for in a supplier?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some things that that come to mind right away. And this applies to suppliers for either mechanical components or plastics, metals, um, CNC um, and to our ICs and electronics components. Um, You you need to find suppliers that want to work with innovative companies that that maybe have small volumes today, but have high potential. Not everybody's willing to do that. um, And some bigger suppliers may say, yeah, yeah, you know, we're interested. Uh, But they don't have the capacity to work with, uh, they don't really have the capacity to work with innovative, you know, startups, fast growth companies. So they're going to under support you at first and then won't be able to scale as quickly uh, as you do uh, down the line. So making sure that you're working with the right suppliers for your type of company is very, very important. That's number one challenge um, uh, for us. It's the first thing that comes to mind.
2: Cool, perfect. And um, um, I want to jump on that because um, uh, what was this company? I think uh, I think it's SBB um, uh, around Montreal. Um, they do a lot of this. They do a lot of helping out uh, uh, um, in, uh, in the in the early stage in the product development. And I've um, through discussion with them and other companies like them, I realized that um, one of uh, one thing that is stopping this type of company is uh, sometimes a lack of um, um, a, a lack of being able to recommend changes in the actual product. Uh, so there, w- there was this other company that were working with them, and they wanted to do it in one way, right? And then they send uh, the request for transportation to a bunch of people. And then they were there, and they were like, we could do it this way. But I- I've looked at your stuff, and I think you should be doing this and that. Um, and this was highly valuable because they didn't win this thing, but they ended up getting the contract afterward because they were helping them in this way. In your case, um, since it's a very specific uh, 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 product, how does the uh, collaboration with the supplier on
1: the product itself uh, look like? I mean, we've seen a lot of similar things, even from electronics. Um, So we we could, when we're working closely with a distributor like we are, um, we typically will tell them what we want to do in terms of end result. And then they'll come back and, and recommend components for us. So um, and then we'll, we'll build our product on top of that. So we don't always just come with like a, a bill of materials and say, this is what we want. You know, in fact, they they build that bill of materials with us at the very, very beginning uh, based on the specifications that we have for them. So uh, that's not actually only one distributor has done this with us. So Future Electronics has done that. Uh, others have, have not so far.
0: Cool. Um, I guess maybe we're, we're heading towards the conclusion, so I want to ask some 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 concluding questions from you. Um, one is like if you could list um the biggest challenges a new company that is innovating in a space, especially in terms of supply chain, that you will face. So I'm sort of I came up with the idea, I did a bit of prototyping, and I have the product, I have what I want to build, and now I'm thinking about scale what would be the top three, four challenges in terms of building my supply chain or building those lists of suppliers that you see uh, they will face? And uh, the counter to that is like, what would you advise them to do about those challenges?
1: Um, It's hard to say. We definitely had some problems with scaling um, because we chose some certain manufacturing processes that, that didn't scale very well or were very expensive to scale, uh, I would say that, um, you know, you should probably have a manufacturing specialist work closely with you. Um, e- even if that doesn't have to be an employee, it could just be a co- consultant, a friend, someone who works in the field that can just, there's some big... Um, Sometimes there's very obvious things that you might not see. Um, and the specialist will see it right away. This is going to cost you a fortune to manufacture, and it's not going to scale very well. You'll be limited to like 10 or 20 per day, um, which is something that we actually encountered. Now we have to change our manufacturing process to to get beyond that. Um, no, nothing is going to be better for you than to have someone that just ha- has the experience that can walk you through it. And typically, it doesn't take that long. Uh, you know, you sit down with a manufacturing specialist for a couple of days to look at your product and solve 90% of your problems. The other 10%, you can figure it out for later.
2: Perfect. Cool. Um, well, thanks a lot, uh, Rami, for uh, all of these nuggets of, uh, of uh, uh, information. Um, uh, I can see how difficult, like both building a. a a startup and an innovative product. On top of this, on the hardware space, uh, is um, doing it for software. I'm very thankful that my cycle is not uh, that long, <laughs> and uh, that I can uh, be a bit more nimble with it. Um, but it's it's very cool to to get your um, uh, your thought on the, on this. Any last word you want to uh, to share with uh, the audience before uh, we conclude?
1: Um, yeah if you can avoid hardware avoid it um (laughs) uh, but as i say that uh, i truly do believe that if you want to have um you know anything more than incremental leaps forward in technology and innovation um you can't avoid it you you know hardware is you know what our world is built on Mm -hmm. um there is a ton of resources out there um, I, I often mentor other, uh, hardware startups, um, just to give them some guidance on, and in my first, my first advice to them is always, you know, look at your supply chain before anything else. Uh, but, but, you know, talk to someone like me who, who has done this before, who's gone through all the pain so you can avoid it. Uh, hardware is unforgiving. Um, you don't want to be sitting on two, $300,000 worth of product that doesn't work because you missed one capacitor resistor or a bug in your firmware that's not updatable um, de- definitely reach out the community is strong if you look at quebec uh, in ev and in hardware we're actually very very strong we're, we're probably like the, the strongest province in canada uh, when it comes to ev uh, investment ev companies and ev success stories hardware success stories uh, reach out to people don't try to figure it out yourself there's too many things to figure out
2: Fantastic. And how can people reach out uh, to you? Uh,
1: anywhere specific, LinkedIn? Um... Um, yeah, reach out on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. Um, I guess you're going to post my, my name so you can find me. And I'm always happy to help. Um, I often have uh, founders that come to our office um, just for coffee, meetings, um, you know, to answer some questions. Happy to help.
2: Fantastic. So um, thank you, Ahmad. Thank you, Rami, for uh, this beautiful discussion. And uh, you can uh, catch the Data-Driven Supply Chain uh, on uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, and on YouTube also. And uh, we'll see uh, all of you into the next episode.